Welcome to the Holistic Health Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Scollin, and each week I interview everyday people who have transformed their health and the amazing souls supporting them on their journey. Be inspired. Today I'm talking with Ina Coveney, a global online presence expert and the founder of The Global Phenomenon, a community and podcast where new entrepreneurs gain the confidence and strategy to create global businesses from the start with a world-class online presence. I met Ina six months ago, online of course, um, and she has had a massive impact on my life. When I approached her to come onto the podcast, um, I thought about doing it from a business perspective uh, rather than um, a health and wellness perspective, but she actually surprised me and wanted to talk about her challenges with depression and low self-esteem. And even though that she has these um, issues and health and wellness issues, that she is still able to show up and do the work that she does in the world. This woman is always bubbly online, so to learn that uh, these are her struggles was really blew my mind, and I hope that you will get a lot out of this podcast today. I say welcome, Ina, to the Holistic Health Podcast. It's awesome to have you here. I'm honoured to spend this time with you. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Susan. <laughs> well, you've been on my dream list of interviewees for quite some time, and I can see you're quite surprised by that. And I was like, nobody, nobody, nobody has ever said that to me before. This is like a first. This is a wonderful first. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. And I was trying to go, well, how do I get Ina on here? Like, what is the, the line that I take around? How do I match into what I see as a ma- an amazing woman who is doing incredible things in the world? And she seems to have most of it all together. <laughs> you will tell me differently, but you seem to have it all together. And then, oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, well, maybe we come at it from a business perspective, how you can, you know, how you have helped me, but you can also help others achieve their goals. And that's part of uh, the what we're doing here in the podcast. Um, yeah. But then you came at it from a different side and said, maybe I can share something else with you. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm so excited. So this will be awesome to have this chat. Yeah, and I'll go wherever you want me to go. I want to make sure this is super uh, helpful to anybody out there because I know that, you know, your podcast is about, you know, overcoming these challenges, these health challenges that we have, that we all have, right, in one way, shape, or form, and I'm not immune to this. So I really wanted to make sure that your audience was walking away with something really useful that they could they could mm. apply to their lives. Mm. And they're definitely going to do that today. So thank you so much. So tell me what we, the first question I always ask somebody is, where is life today? What does that look like for you right now? And then we'll go back into health journey. But if you can start there, that'd be great. Sure. So um, I am an online business coach uh, for online coaches. And it's wonderful to say that because for 15 years I was working in corporate. I was a software project manager for um, custom applications, uh, working with development teams. And you know what? Having fun with it. It's not like I hated it. It's not like I wanted out of there as soon as possible. But I I always knew that I wanted to do my own thing. I I see the world kind of as a playground and I'm like, I want to play right. I want to win in this game. I don't just want to do what everybody else is doing. So three years ago, I quit my job and now this is what I do. And I'm super thankful and excited that even though it is, what, 9, 18 at night on a Wednesday night right now, my job 
is being here with you and talking to you, right? And I say this in my videos, like I would rather be here doing this Facebook Live right now than worrying about some project that is going awry somewhere and that, it's something I don't even care about. So live for me right now is going live on Facebook, which is my favorite way to procrastinate. I just love the video aspect of my job and uh, really coming up with ways to help people get their businesses off the ground. I have two kids, a three-year-old and a nine-year-old, and um, they're wonderful kids. They're very, very good kids, but I have very limited time during the day. I, I have my three-year-old two days out of the week. I have my other son four days out of the week, four weekdays. Only one day a week I get to actually have uninterrupted time to work. So it's a, it's definitely challenging to be a solopreneur in 2020, but, uh, you know, we're making it work. So we're taking the good with the bad. Yeah. And it's definitely been challenging for a lot of people, particularly this year, out of any other year. So how do you do that integration? How does, how does that work for your family? Well, um, I'm going to share something super, super personal. And that is that I have a chip on my shoulder about guilt, about being a superwoman. And I've always approached life as I don't need anybody. I can do it all. So 2020 comes around and I am freaking out. And I'm telling you the springtime when my, my kids were home with me 100% of the time, it was not pretty. Um, I had already all of these plans for my business, all these things that I wanted to do. And now I am watching my kids all day long and not getting uh, five minutes to focus on what I really wanted to do. And it was hard. It was really hard. And me being superwoman, well, I have to not only make everything work, but make it look easy and make it look like I'm having no trouble at all. Um, and that was, it's hard for my husband because number one, I never ask him for help, even though he's totally willing to help. I just never ask him for it. I am drowning here and I'm not voicing it out. So when I finally voice it and I tell my husband, I can't continue this way, he's like, I thought everything was fine. You make everything look like everything is on rails and everything is easy. And I'm like, how is that possible? Right? So that has not been a great way to go through 2020. Not asking for help is something I've had to learn to do. And I'm going to tell you one thing that really has turned it around, not completely, but definitely steer the boat in the right direction. Somebody told me one time that instead of feeling guilt, feel gratitude. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. But then I was having a conversation with my husband where he was expressing his frustration because he's also not in a great boat in 2020. He is working full time with people who have no kids, with people who are saying 2020 is the best thing that's ever happened to me because I don't have to commute and I can work as much as I want. So now he's in projects with people who are working all the time and expecting him to do the same. Mm -hmm. So now he has like no life. So he's going through his own stuff. And when I told him I need help, you can imagine his face like, how can I help you if freaking my life is going to pieces too? So instead of feeling guilt for asking him for help, I actively, like during that conversation where he was starting to get anxious and I was starting to get anxious, I flipped it to, you know what? I'm actually very grateful 
that he has a job, right, that he can support our family even through hard times, that he is working at a job, you know, that he's very good at and that people really appreciate him. And that, you know, yes, it's causing stress, but instead of feeling guilty for asking for help, I'm going to see how I can flip that pancake and say, how can I feel grateful about this situation? And that has really helped my, my mental health for sure. Yeah. And that's such a really, like a really important tool. If we can, it's not about flipping it to the positive and getting rid of the negative altogether because the negative, the guilt is still there. But if you can feel gratitude in that moment and come back to those small things, like he has a job, it's a stable job because some people didn't get, didn't keep their jobs this year. Like they're going through a lot of other things going in that house, in their homes. Um, and then that your kids are well. And that you're all well, you know, like you find those really simple things and that makes a massive shift to rather than coming from a lack mentality, we come from a, a, a supported and positive and uplifting mentality and then we, we look for more abundance and we look for more things that we can be grateful for. And, and I'm going to tell you exactly right, everything you're saying, 100%. I'm also going to say that I just told you that I have a lot of trouble asking for help. So I don't, I don't consider myself cured, but everything you're talking about has helped for sure. And one thing that I'm extremely grateful for is that even in 2020, when both my husband and I are at home all the time and we have to coordinate schedules that we've never had to coordinate before, and he's chipping in with the kids a lot more than he ever did, um, even through all of that, my husband and I have managed to keep an amazing partnership, an amazing relationship, right? Um, you might hear of like domestic violence being on the rise in 2020 because people have been put, like couples and families have been put in a pressure cooker where if domestic violence wasn't an issue before, it is now. Like it's not easy to live in 2020 with a family, with responsibilities, with a partner and being mindful of each other. And I'm I, I can't even express how much love has come out of this time of supporting each other, of him understanding that I love what I do, <laughs> you know, and he loves that I'm happy when I do it and that I'm grateful that he has a job and I will make time to sit down and hear all his grievances about his job and help him as much as I can. And that if my son is acting up, if one of us loses our cool, we don't go and like berate them for it. We kind of understand it. We're like, okay, he just lost his school. I'll, I'll go in and I'll, I'll separate the two of them, talk to my son a little bit, let my husband cool off. And same way, the other way around, my husband doesn't berate me if I lose my cool with my kids. It's like, he gets it. It's like, okay. So I, this is something that has come up in 2020. I've just been, I have no idea how it happened. I still look at him like, I have no idea how you and I ended up together. We're complete opposites of each other. And somehow it has worked. So it's been, it's been a really beautiful time to see how much love there is in this house. Yeah. And I think there would be a lot of houses that have had that positive effect, like that flow on that communication. And I admit that domestic violence has gone on the rise, even here in Australia. And particularly, there's a lot of like sex offences and, and predators, particularly in the online space. And that has risen through the roof um, because of the times that we're in. But equally, on the other side, there is a lot of love and there is a lot of positivity. And it's that communication that we have with each other that's so important. Um, so being able to stop and say, I'm struggling, even though you appear like you're doing everything and you've got it all together, you go, no, I'm actually needing help in this space and taking the time for yourself, um, but also for them to say, I, I need some help. And for us to continue to grow, we need to do this together. That's a really great conversation to have. 
Yeah. Very yeah. empowering. So tell me about when you came to, when I came to you with the idea of doing the podcast and I went, we can do it from a business perspective, you you changed tact on me and suggested that we could come from a different perspective. Can you share that perspective with us and can you share how that manifests for you in your life? Yeah. So first and foremost, you know, that I, my, my brain is about like how to make your business work, how to make your messaging work, how to make sure that you're speaking to the right audience, how to, so when you came to me with the idea for the podcast, I know you had a, a good angle that would help people. And I'm like, well, your podcast is about holistic health. I want to talk about health. I want you to know about struggles that I've had. There's no way for you, Susan, to have known that. There's no way for you to like send me an email like, can you share some private information about the health issues that you have had? And perhaps we can talk about it. Like there was no way for you to ask me that. So I wanted to offer this as something that people could think about. So what I thought about was, well, Susan, you should know that I have struggled with mental health. I have struggled with depression. Um, and this is something I'm, I'm, I'm not shy about talking about it. It's something that um, doesn't come up a lot because, again, my, in my business brain, what do my people really want to hear about, right? My people want this strategy. My people want to know how to grow their business. But at the same time, sometimes if I am going through it, if I'm going through a rough time, I'll use my creative juices to come up with something that I can put out there in the universe or I can put out there on Facebook just to let people know I am going through a depression right now and this is how I'm dealing with it. I think I even had a post about like, here are 10 ways to get out of your depression, something something to that effect, right? Knowing that depression, first of all, for anybody who has never felt it, because like there's a lot of people in my family who don't understand it. Um, when I tell my family I'm depressed, their first question is, why, what happened? And I, that is totally the wrong question to ask. It, there is no answer to that question. It's not like something happened and therefore I am depressed for two days, right? I am much, a much stronger person than that, right? I don't just like get tumbled down because somebody said something. I will admit I do have very thin skin. So if somebody says something bad, I will feel bad for a while, but it doesn't take me down. It doesn't, uh, you know, make me cry for two days for no reason, right? Mm -hmm. Very different reactions to that stimuli. So what I, the way that I've explained it in the past, you know, I, and I, when I tell my husband, like, I'm depressed, he doesn't ask me why, he doesn't ask me what happened. He just kind of looks at me like, you know, look with a sad face and he'll whistle a little song for a, a medication for depression, <laughs> like jingle. For the, and, and that makes me laugh. You know, he knows that, you know, laughing is a good medicine. Um, but the truth is that when this happens, there's, there's nothing that I can, that I can do, right? Is I, this is just how I feel. It's a sense of hopelessness that nothing is worth living for anymore. That everything that I do in my business, in my life, like nothing is worth it. And it's just this, this huge sense of, it's just a sadness. Mm. And there's no reason for it. If you probe me, you, I might be able to tell you about something that has made me sad, but it's really not the cause of it. So I have been really my, my way of coping with it is to understand what makes me triggered, mm -hmm. right? Uh, 
what are the things that I know that if, if they happen, they will trigger a depression. And I have only been able to identify really just one thing. For me, by the way, for everybody who's listening, this is different for everyone. Totally different. Not the same cure will work for everybody. I have never taken medication for depression. I have just as a personal choice, I have had a lot of things that are very weird go wrong with my body at random times. Um, like I had uh, cysts in my breasts around the time that I got married and nobody knew what they were there. And after a few months, they just went away. Right. Um, I had, when I was in college, I had to be hospitalized because my platelet count went to dangerously low levels. Like it, the right range is supposed to be between uh, 150,000 to 250,000 or 250,000 to 400,000. My platelet level went down to 7,000. When I explain to, when I tell doctors, when I take in my history and I tell them my platelet count went down to 7,000, they're like, that's impossible. You're probably getting that wrong. I'm like, I can get you the records right? So I've had, and, and nothing came of it. They gave me some medication, which they say I have no idea where it is. They um, diagnosed it as something that is idiopathic, that they have no idea where it came from. And then it never happened again. I just keep track of my platelets every time that I get a, a blood count. So I've had so many weird things happen with my body that I would never want to believe that anything that happens to me has been self-inflicted, which, so it has made me very adverse to taking drugs, right? Um, I went to the dentist the other day because I have this uh, like real pain in my jaw and the doctor prescribed me some medication to relax the muscle. I'm like, if this is just going to take away the pain, I, I don't need that. I, I'll just wait it out. I don't mind waiting a couple of weeks to see if it goes away. I don't need to speed up my feeling better. I'll just wait it out. Like it's that kind of aversion. I'm still pro-vax. I vaccinate. <laughs> but, That's um, fine. You can have your choices. Right? But I, as much as I can avoid drugs, I do. So for so the one thing that I have found helps me keep my depression at bay is talk therapy. Mm. <laughs> and it, it sounds like, how could that ever work? But it, somehow it works for me to just every two weeks to have a space where nobody in my life is listening in, mm. where I can say, and this is something I make it very clear to the therapist, is I'm not here for your advice, Right. Uh, let's just set that straight. Like nobody has made you an expert in my life. So no, I'm not here to ask you for advice. I am here to be able to tell you the things that I can't tell anybody else because I need to be able to say these things out loud. Otherwise I'm just going to go crazy. Yeah. So that's what I do. And sometimes I'm a, sometimes it's humorous because if I'm not actively depressed or feeling bad or, or anything has happened that is stressing me out, if I'm in a good mood, like I am right now, I'll just go to my therapist and talk about my business and I'll, I'll tell her about my, my offers and the membership that I have coming up. And I'm so excited about this challenge that I'm doing. And I, and we spend the entire hour just like me, like gushing about the things that I'm doing and excited. And I must have needed that outlet, right? Because my husband could care less about the stuff that I'm doing. He's not going to hear it, right? I could go on Facebook Live and like explain it and be super excited. But again, messaging, I have to be mindful of what is it that people are ready to hear right now. So sometimes I go and just do that in talk therapy. Um, I know that if I ate right and exercised, 
Uh, I tried this once. <laughs> it's not something that I do. Uh, like eating right and exercising have not been a real part of my life. But I think I did this for like six months at some point, several years, like a decade ago. And I was surprised that without therapy, I didn't have any episodes for six months. So I know that that helps. I know it. But because therapy works too, and it's easier. And sometimes, you know, like today, I don't eat anything until four o'clock. Then I, you know... I, I, I feel like, Susan, you have stuff to tell me about that. <laughs> no, but, it's perfect. But that's really the, that's really the story. This is crying for no reason, not being able to take joy in anything that happens. And when it happens, like, just feel it. Um, sometimes I'm going to tell you it as contradictory as it sounds, and I'm hoping that somebody who's listening can relate to this feeling. Sometimes being depressed feels a little good because I, because I'm superwoman, I can't show weakness. And when I'm depressed, it's almost like this is like my alter ego coming and giving me a hug and validating that, Ina, I know that things are not easy, right? So it's okay if you just want to feel bad right now for a couple of days, like you are allowed to do that. So I don't, when I'm depressed, I Sometimes I don't even try to get out of it. I know that I could just go for a walk around the block and I don't want to, I want to stay in my depression because it's my, my comfy blanket telling me that it's okay for me to sometimes express sad feelings because uh, I don't get to all the time. You've seen me a, a lot, Susan, and I'm always with a smile on my face and super bubbly and super high energy. And like, this is, this is what I do. This is what I like to be. So being sad is something that is very rare for me. So when it happens, I... I let it happen. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that <laughs> just, was me cutting into and it cuts out and stuff. No, I just <laughs> I just went into this this whole rant and I'm just, I'm just hoping that it's helpful to anybody who's listening. Yeah, and I think it's really helpful. And one of the things that you've discussed there is allowing the feelings. We often don't allow the feelings because we then go into action or we go into eating or we go into perhaps ranting and, and going off in, in a particular direction, you know, that we wouldn't normally go in. So being in a safe space where you can actually allow the emotion and you can sit like with the depression wrapped around you and still know that you're safe and that you're loved but it's okay. Like, I think that's really important for people to know. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping that anybody listening who does suffer from depression, that what they, what they get out of this is like, you know, one size doesn't fit all, right? I'm telling you the things that have worked for me personally and my own aversion to medication and my own aversion to all these things. But the truth is that there's many things that, that work for everybody. Some people are on medication. They say that saved my life right? Some people hate talk therapy. Like that's the most useless thing in the world, right? So I just, I would encourage everyone to just try different things until they find something that is good for them. Because uh, depending on the kind of depression you get, like when it happens to me, which happens, uh, you know, like maybe right now, because I have a consistent like therapist, I haven't had an episode, I'm going to say maybe for like about a month, um, but in 2020, I had them a lot more often because I let go of my therapist and I wasn't getting a new one and it was a lot more frequent. Um, so I would love for everybody who's listening to like to uh, allow themselves to feel it, to understand that it is going to pass, 
that's that's one thing that helps me get through it is to understand like I know that this will last and you know look at my watch like a couple days I know that you know by Friday I'll be fine right so know how long it usually lasts so that you can have something to look forward to and you can allow yourself like okay if this is where I am right now this is what I'm going to do I'm just going to try to not do anything destructive in this period mm-hmm. right like you know let it let it sink in let me feel it do whatever makes you feel good whatever you want to do and once you get out on the other side you learn from it, you keep going and try to do those things that can keep it at bay. Yeah. And just like in life or in business or career, whatever, but even in your own health and wellness, you become the expert in your own life. You get to know who you are. And when you go to those professionals, you go, no, 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 this is what works for me. And they go, no, but take this drug, which, as you said, may be beneficial and maybe where you need to start, maybe your next point, and it, it may save you. But for some people, that's not where they want to go. So what is that direction? But do it for yourself. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. Trial it. Experiment. Go for walks. Get out into nature. Swim. Whatever it might be for you. Talk therapy to find mm-hmm. your thing. Find the thing that lights you up and just keep doing it and then, you know, next week it might be something different. You might go, you know, talk therapy is just not quite working for me now. What do I need? Oh, I need community. So let's bring in a group of friends and we'll do talk therapy but in a group of friends. It might be very different in that sort of space. So be open to that experimentation but be open to finding out what works for you. Be the expert in your own life. Yeah, I I think that that's just 100%. I mean, I remember, I'm going to tell you, this was... uh, I, a couple of therapists ago, because I, I do like keep my therapist for as long as they work and then I kind of move on to the next person. So I stuck with this one for a couple of years. Uh, we were together for a long time, but in my first meeting with her, I failed to set the guidelines with her to tell her the things that I just told you, like, I'm not here for your advice, right? I forgot to tell her, I'm like, let's just give them a break. Let's see how it goes. But I'm just going to tell you right now, the first meeting with every therapist is always uh, it's always a mess because <laughs> like you're, they're trying to figure you out. You're trying to figure them out. Like I always tell people like, try it for like a couple sessions, right? Uh, give them feedback. They are, their job is designed around never taking anything personally, right? To know that this is all about you and in your head and your problems, they know not to think, take things personally. So I, my sister, I'm, I don't know, like HIPAA, I, I should not be talking about anybody else. But um, let's let's go back to me. Sorry, I shouldn't have even mentioned that. Um, yeah, I tell people, like, try it a couple times, right? Um, and the second time, if you didn't like the first time, give them feedback. So that's what I had to do. My uh, two therapists ago in the first session, she triggered me in such a way that by the end of the session, by the end, by the time she said, okay, I guess we're done and I'll see you in a couple of weeks, I was frozen in place stuck to my seat because I didn't want to leave with this trauma that she had just triggered in me mm. right I'm like and I'm gonna tell you what it was I had just gone through a friendship that had fallen apart and like I said I don't go to therapy to ask for advice I I tell them I'm not here for your advice I just want to be able to say things I can't tell anybody else and also I am looking for introspection I'm looking for you to help me figure out why I feel a certain way, right? So if I come here and tell you I'm having this problem with my husband, your first question should not be, oh, what does your husband think? <laughs> or, oh, and tell me more about, like, no, it should be, why do you feel that way? 
And why is that important to you? And how are you interpreting what he did? Like, it's about me and understanding how I work. So in this situation, when I said, oh, I have this friend who stopped talking to me and this is what happened, this is the story, her response was, oh yeah, she probably like has written you off already. She's, she probably hates you right now. Like she's probably like, she's moved on. She's probably thought like, okay, like, you know, this is just somebody I don't want to deal with. And that's why she cut off communication. And I'm here like in my fear of not being liked. Now there's somebody, a third party who's confirming all of my fears without knowing anything. She's not there. She doesn't know this person. She doesn't know me. And now she's like telling me, oh, yes, your, your intuition is probably right. And I'm like, what? And it's like, okay, our time's up. No. What did you just say to me? So I came back a second time. Like I said, I stuck with her for two years. I came back a second time with a flashcard and three rules. And I, let me see if I remember them. Rule number one is I'm not here for your advice. Rule number two is you don't know everybody else in my life. So you can't assume by my story that you know how they are feeling, how they're going to react. And number three, you're only getting, like, uh, like number two was that, like you're only getting my side of the story. So don't pretend that just by my story, you understand the full context. And number three was, I am here to discover about myself. So follow these three rules We'll get along just fine. And her reaction was like, oh, nobody has ever told me that they're not here for advice. I've heard that a few times from therapists. Like, nobody ever tells me that they're not here for advice. They're usually here for advice. I'm like, not me. So figure out what works and give people, give therapists the benefit of the doubt. They're trying to help you and give them guidelines. And after that, we were okay for the most part. But she kind of kept going back to her old ways because that's how she does therapies. It's like giving advice. So I had to stop seeing her. And now I'm with a new one. I've seen her like, three times and she's been really good at just like letting me talk she's just like a witness to anything I want to say so anyway going back to depression (laughs) find what works for you and experiment with it yeah but and like you said being open to change the fact that you change therapists quite often like well what I would you know I determine is quite often it may not be to you but you kind of go I'm with them for a couple of years and then I'm kind of not getting you know it's just not flowing for me now it's okay to change it's it's that experimentation it's okay to go and go I'm going to do something differently I'm going to try and I'm not going to stop therapy I'm just not going to do it with you anymore and it's okay to end those sorts of relationships it's no different to a coach it's no different to friendships it's okay for for relationships to die out and to evolve um, which is effectively what's happening so I think people can get a lot out of that. Can I just say just a quick story, which my husband is going to kill me if he finds out that I told this story. So let's just not show him any Australian podcasts. Okay. Let's just keep Australian podcasts off his list. Um, So my husband is such a nice guy, right? And the reason I'm telling the story is because I know you have a lot of nice people listening right now who don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, right? Uh, If I'm going to a therapist every two weeks and I'm starting to feel like this is not helping me anymore how do I go to someone who I feel has invested two years of their life with me and helping me and tell them this is not working anymore I'm going to move on like it's not so hard so my husband was seeing a chiropractor for some reason I don't even remember why and after you know he felt better he kept making an appointment and he told me he's like I need to 
stop going to my chiropractor. I'm like, okay, then stop. And he's like, but I can't because every time that I finish the session, they ask me, okay, let's set up your next appointment. And I can't say no. I'm like, honey, this is really easy. You just tell them I'll call to schedule it. And then you walk off and then you just don't call them back. They're used to this. It's fine. It's all right. And he's like, I can't. And then he had another chiropractor appointment the following week. And I'm like, you got problems, man. But I know that it's just because he's so nice. He doesn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. So if anybody's listening, who's having that problem right now, who's realizing that their therapist is just not working for them anymore, um, it doesn't have to be a completely awkward conversation. Do what is best for you, but don't just keep going just because you can't stop because that's not doing a service to you. It's doing a service to everyone. You're not getting what you need and you could be getting what you need from somebody else. So I'm hoping that this little funny story about my husband, eventually he did end up not going anymore, but I don't remember how he did it. It was very uncomfortable for him. So it doesn't have to be a big deal. It can just be, you know, I feel like we need a little bit of a break and then just don't go back, right? Yeah. Try somebody new. Um, I'll tell you one thing that it, that was really awkward was um, I hired another therapist because like I was talking in the beginning, 2020 hit me like a freight train, right? Um, and my relationship with my son was being impacted by me losing my cool way too many times. So I got us in therapy, me and my son, and we still do it. We have another session on Friday. Um, and it has helped because it's a space where he can analyze his feelings a little bit and we can talk to each other about what works and what doesn't. So it's been working great. And when I found this therapist, um, he's in the same practice as the other therapist that I just left. So this therapist told me, oh, by the way, if you're looking for a therapist, you should just call our office and, and set something up. And I'm like, no, thank you. That's a, it can get a little bit awkward because we care about what people think. But you really got to do what's, what's going to work for you. Yeah. I think yeah, and if you care about what people think, which is, you know, there's an element of, you know, building relationships and communicating and that being somewhat important, but when you get to that point of people-pleasing and you're doing it for everybody else, you're no longer doing it for yourself and you're no right. longer getting the benefits out of it that you need because you're turning up for somebody else. So you can't set those ground rules anymore. You can't say I'm just here to talk because I now need to know what you need to need out of this relationship. So right. it's it's really important to make sure that you're still in alignment with yourself and showing up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's nice that you go to your therapy with your son as well and just teach him about thoughts and feelings and that it's okay to have those and there's ways in which we can manage those through communication but there's lots of other tools out there as well. And I think I was on a, on a call this morning with someone who's um, got a bonus sons and being able to educate them on sitting with emotions, allowing emotions, being okay to be angry and then apologising if you are angry and being human. Um, I think we all forget that human factor and we have to be perfect all the time or we have to be in a good mood all the time. We don't have to be. We've got lives and it's okay to live those lives. Yeah, and I, like I, I teach my son, it's so important for me that he understands that even though he sees me angry, I still love him, yeah. right? that it's okay for him to get angry. I don't want him to walk away thinking like, no, it's not okay to get angry because mommy turns into a monster when she does. I tell him, listen, it's okay to be angry. Like if you're angry, it's okay to be angry. It's not okay to yell at somebody 
to call them names, to say stuff that is hurtful. Like those are things you stay away from, but it's okay to be mad. And if you're mad, you go and you deal with your feelings. It's something he's been doing since he's four, right? Yeah. He just goes up to the room. He goes, I'm going to deal with my feelings. And I, like, that's all I want you to learn, babe, that it's okay to have emotions. It's just not okay to berate other people because you're having them in the heat of the moment. So hopefully some of that will, will catch on. He's nine. I'm hoping he learns that by just listening to a message over and over again. Yeah, and that's what they need and we need it too is that re-listening to the message and re- being reminded because we don't always get it the first time and we might need it, you know, seven to ten times. We know it might need it 20 times and we might need it in five different ways presented to us, you know. So and then on the final one you kind of go, oh, I finally get it, which is really cool. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, we were sitting on the couch the other night and Teddy, Chris and I were there and Teddy was there and Teddy had glow sticks she had four of them stuck together and he pinched them in the middle so it looked like an infinity sign. Mm. And he just turned it to me and he goes, Mommy, I love you to infinity, which is oh. beautiful, <laughs> heart melting. And right. then he, he showed Chris and he goes, Daddy, I love you to infinity as well. But when you get angry, I don't like you. Oh. <laughs> I thought, oh, I love that you can just say that and be okay say to what say you that. Feel. Yeah. Yeah. What did your husband think? What did he say? He laughed. He thought it was the funniest thing ever. And they, they're dealing with their, you know, the management of their relationship and around expectation and you should be doing these sorts of things. So it's interesting for me as a coach to sit back and just watch these little interactions and then come in occasionally and just, you know, perhaps we could go from this perspective or like Teddy goes, Daddy's making me angry. I'm like, so go and tell Daddy. You can't, no point telling me, you need to go and have a conversation with him and communicate with him. So teaching him how to find his voice and that it's okay to express his feelings and then, yeah, and how he does that and help him manage that as well. It's been good fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I, it's, it's almost like um, because I really don't have like an emotional stake in that argument that my son is having with my husband, right? It's much easier to be able to look at it from a teaching perspective. It's like, okay, this is an opportunity. What can I tell him to do? Even though it's hard, but he'll do what I say. What can I tell him to do that will just teach him that this is a tool he can use? Mm -hmm. So like I teach him like, hey, listen, daddy is mad right now and that is okay. He needs a little space to deal with his feelings. So how about like we set a timer for like five minutes and then you can go and say, I'm sorry, daddy, that we were fighting. And I'm going to tell you, there's been times that he has used that same thing on me. If I'm angry, he like, ever since he was little, he said, mommy, can we talk about it? Mommy, like, I, I, I'm so sorry we were fighting. Like he's the best at diffusing a situation and I'm like oh my god if you just learn that out of yes. just like being in this family that's a huge thing to learn early on so I've been very proud of him yeah. for that you should be that's amazing yeah. so the importance of this conversation was around the fact that a depression is something that you manage ongoing and despite that you have a thriving business so can you tell us a little bit about that aspect and and how you manage the two so I I would like to think, although I, I, I would like to think of myself as somebody who will continue to work towards her vision no matter what happens, right? Um, whether it is, you know, dealing with depression or a broken arm or, you know, like, uh, or the pandemic or like, I would like to think of myself that I will always find a way um, because 
anything else is just not an option, right? I have been, and for me, when I say the uh, doing something else would be like, you know, working for an employer again, for example, I never want to go back. I've seen what it's like to have my own freedom and to be able to make my own money and to be able to like help the people that I want to help and to be live on Facebook all the time. Like I've seen what my favorite job looks like and I can't go back. So I would like to think that if there were huge things standing in my way, like 2020 happening, and now my kids are home with me. Um, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I did not deal with it with grace. It was a mess back in the spring. It really was. It took a lot of adjusting. Uh, we finally got into a good groove, but I still suffer from not having enough available uninterrupted time to work. And it just can't stop me. The way that I see it is we all have constraints, mm-hmm. right? Um, for example, one thing that is very easy for me to say and like get, get like, angry about is that most of the people that I follow online that do what I do don't have kids, right? So when I look at their life and I see that 2020 has not really affected them in the way that it has affected me, it has affected them in other ways, right? But not in exactly the way that it affected me. It's easy for me to say like, and just like get, get mad at it. But then I remind myself that they are also human with their own constraints and their own issues. Who knows what they are going through? Who knows what their health issues are? Who knows like what their situation is with their families? Who knows if they've been struggling to have kids? And that's something that really weighs on their mind, right? So it's having a little bit of compassion for them, but also understanding that we all live in a box and we all have different boxes. Our boxes look different, but they're all, they all have limits and constraints. And we look at somebody else and we're like, I wish I had that box, right? Most of the time, like we really don't, right? We would never trade our box for anybody else. But that box, that visual of a box is, I have limitations, right? I work every day to try to make that box be a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger, right? But the limits of the box don't go away, right? I I wish my box was huge, right? So that my limitations don't feel like they're even there, but they're always there. They're in my mind. They're in my physical reality. They're in my family situation. They're always there. So I would like to think the way that I see it is just that, that law. What is that law of gases? That gas will occupy the whole space that it that it is in, right? It's the same with anything. I forget, somebody mentioned the name of that law recently. What is that law? But that's true of everything. Um, My constraints are my constraints, but that doesn't mean that uh, if if that constraint wasn't there, that another one wouldn't be there. Mm. So whatever it is, um, I need to take the good with the bad, accept that these are my boundaries, and work within them and see what I can do to stretch that box a little bit more every day so that it starts to feel less like a box, right? And more like a room, right? Like less, less of a cage and more like a hall, right? That would be wonderful. And then from the hall, you know, we go to like the Empire State Building, like that, that's my box and it's huge and it's beautiful, but the walls are still there. So that's the way that I see myself. If right now something happened that would prevent me from doing stuff that I naturally do, typing, I'm typing 100% of the time. What if I like got casts on both my arms? Please don't let this happen. But like, if something like that happened, that also wouldn't stop me. Um, I, there's plenty of voice to text devices 
that I can use. Like there's a dragon, there's Google that I can use to continue to put out content. Maybe I'll only do video. All I need is like one finger to like press go live, right? I don't even need to type anything, right? Uh, maybe I'll hire a transcription service or like I'll, I'll just say stuff and somebody else can write it for me, right? So I'd like to think that no matter what life gets at me, I will figure out a way to get around it and to continue moving towards my vision. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to go back to corporate. It's like, it's, like, it's like I'm running as fast as I can towards what I want and in opposition of what I don't. So um, to make the, to bring this message home for everybody, just remember that we all live in our own box. We all have our own limitations. Acknowledge what yours are and see what you can do to try to make that space a little bit less snug every day. Um, but you can do this. There, there's no scenario where you would not be able to figure this out. You will. Like like Marie Forleo, I think is genius when she came up with everything is figureoutable because that's really the core of the message. When I ask somebody, uh, okay, what's stopping you from starting your business? Well, I don't really know how to do blah, and I don't really know this, and I don't really know that. I'm like, you know that all that stuff is figureoutable, right? The reason you're not doing it's got to be something else, right? Because you know that you could figure it out. If you put your head to it, like for a couple hours, you would figure it out. So what is it that is really stopping you? So it's just those walls. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's a message that I have for everybody. Beautiful. That's how I, that's how I managed to get through. Yeah, that's beautiful. And like you have done, a ma- you've had a massive transformation this year and you talk about the spring being really challenging from a COVID perspective, but you were rebranding, you were closing one podcast, launching another podcast in the midst of having children at home, Um, And then you were going from your guided program and launching that as a self-guided program. And it was, there was a lot happening. Like I just remember Ina's, Ina's on live again, Ina's on live again. (laughs) Like it's almost like it appears like you've got it all together. And so when you mentioned that you had depression, I was like, I would have had no, I absolutely would have had no idea because you seem to move seamlessly through things. However, at the end of the rebranding, and I think before the podcast went live, you kind of went, I'm having some time out, like my body just needs to recover. And you actually took the time, but you did get to that kind of burnout stage, didn't you? It was more like I needed time because I was launching a new brand. And because I'm, a, I'm just like, go, 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 right? If I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to come clean with you, Susan. If I'm not online doing a live I feel like I am dead to the world. That's my own, like the way that I internalize it is like, if I am not on, I don't exist. Mm -hmm. I have that same fear that everybody has that if I'm not showing up online, then people are going to forget about me. I have that. So when I was redoing this brand and I was launching a podcast, I just told you, Susan, about the limited amount of uninterrupted time Mm -hmm. in my life. So can you imagine launching all of these things and also coming up with new launches and new things. And like, you know, like, I, I, I can't, I can't. I took a look at my box. I took a look at my, my restrictions, my, my constraints. And I said, for me to be able to do this and to be able to do this right, I can't think up launches while I'm doing this. So I did say, like, you guys are not going to see me as often because I really got to work inside the business right now so that this goes out right. And I thought it was going to take a month. It took two months. Mm. And when I came back out, um, I really felt like, okay, now it's like full throttle and, and let's do it. But I had already gotten really used to my 
wait, like I don't have to show up online all the time. So now it became more of a conscious choice, right? It's like, no, I'm going to go online if I have something to say. I do sometimes procrastinate by just going live because to me, it's like having coffee with an old friend. Like I imagine that you are on the other side listening. I imagine that my you know former clients who have told me like, I loved your in after dark. So I'm like, I imagine that they are on the other side, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so it's very comfortable for me. So I love like here chatting with you. This is fun for me. So this is the feeling I get when I'm doing a Facebook live. It's like just like catching up with good friends. So it took me a little bit to like get back on like, okay, I guess I'm doing a launch now. And I'm doing like, okay, we're speeding things up. We're coming up with new products and everything. But yeah, it was two months where I was basically like, I felt like I was in hiding. And I'm not going to lie. It was very anxiety provoking. To th- like, and I, I would tell Steve, I'm like, I know that I am Steve, my husband. I know that I'm building something, right? That and that, in the lifespan of my business, two months to build something, like that's gonna be like a blip in the radar. Like nobody's gonna care that I disappeared for two months, but I was like deep in anxiety because of it. So I'm not gonna say that it was easy mm-hmm. at all, but uh, I was working within my constraints. Mm-hmm. That's just what I had to realize, and I had to act accordingly. Beautiful. Well, how about we change tact? You've given us great information today, but I want to I want to share with the listeners something that you do for self love. I'm a massive advocate for self love, and that the relationship with ourselves is the most important thing. So, what's one thing that you do for self love? I like to watch motivational movies, but very very specific kind. I'm about to tell you, and you're going to think that I'm crazy. Okay. There's a very particular genre of movies and of shows that light me up. That that's like my time that like, like scratches that itch that I have to like feel good. And these are shows, number one, you're going to think I'm crazy because you're like, what else? I have anything, anything to do with anything. But number one, they have to be very colorful. That, that sounds a little weird, but my husband laughs at me when I say like, oh, I don't like... Um, you know, war movies because they're too monochromatic. They're they're all green and browns. Like it it doesn't light me up. But there are TV shows and there are movies that are purposefully they inject a whole lot of color to the scenes, to the outfits, to the backgrounds. Like everything is just colorful. I'm gonna tell you one movie that I used to play every morning when I was before I got married. I would wake up at five in the morning to like wake up like refreshed and start my day so that by the time I went to work, I had already been up for four hours. Like it was great. And I would keep this movie like, as soon as we wake up, just like play it while I made breakfast. This movie is called A View from the Top. It's a movie that basically went straight to video and it was with, but like at, like an excellent cast, right? Like Winneth Paltrow is there, Mike Myers, um, What's his face that I always forget his name was there. (laughs) Rob Lowe. I always forget his name. Rob Lowe is in it. And he like plays like a tiny minor character. Kelly Preston is there, minor character. Uh, Christina Applegate, she's like a secondary uh, person. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is the love interest. I mean, like big names. But this was like a silly movie with an amazing soundtrack that to this day like I play when I feel really good there is this song um there's a song what is it called I'm gonna start singing it um uh something like um 
no sign of any rain. My skies are clear today. So it's like all about like feeling good and waking up one day. It's like, ah, things are just working out. So that's the kind of movie I have. I just discovered a show that that is kind of doing that for me. It's called Shrill. It's on Hulu. Um, and it's by the SNL people. But it's about this woman who is overweight and she just it's her process of her wanting to live better in her skin and making better choices for herself, um, not to change her body, but to change the way she looks at herself and her life. And it's just a very colorful show, very uplifting and optimistic, even though there's like really bad things that are happening like to her in the show. She has such a positive, sunny attitude that I'm like, it just makes me like bright enough. I'm like, I wish every show was like this, like with a, a strong female lead who is like, doesn't care what anybody thinks. So there's many shows like that. And that's what I do for self-love is finding these movies, even if I know them by heart. Clueless is another one. Super colorful. I could recite the entire movie by heart. Um, I just like these like really light themes that, where somebody is working on self-improvement this does it for me sounds cool that's very different <laughs> so thank you for sharing that with us but I'm gonna to have to watch a view from the top I've never seen it and shrill I would never know what that is so yeah oh, I've only just started to get back into tv recently so it's been really nice I was on this whole doesn't light me up it's not where I want to be so I was in books and study and all the things but it's been nice to come back and yeah dive into those well, things it's just nice to have something that is not business related, right? Because I listen right. to business podcasts, to, to audiobooks, and I just told you like five times that I don't have uninterrupted time to do anything. So watching TV, just having something on that is uplifting, it's like that's my time where I'm not actually doing work because the rest of my life, I am thinking about work all the time because I love what I do and I love mm -hmm. the creative space that it gets me. Um, so it went from like, my job is my hobby to, well, I'm going to have to have something that is not work-related that also makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And I have just found it in these really, like, colorful movies Beautiful. and shows. Beautiful. So tell me, you've given us lots of great information here today. What's one way that we can serve you? Um, well, I actually wanted to tell you just a tiny, tiny bit of something that I have going on. Um, is that okay? Is this the right space to Go tell you a little bit about it? So, uh, here's the deal. So my, my whole thing, like my whole business is about helping people start their businesses in a way that they can look and act like the experts that they are, right? To have an online presence that really like hits home for them. And I realized that a lot of the people that I really wanted to help, um, couldn't, get into my premium programs because I'm like, well, I'm not getting any clients yet. I don't have, like, if I don't have clients and I don't have money coming in, then I can't invest in these larger programs. So I'm like, well, why don't I just help you do that? Like really fast for something that is not going to break the bank and just like help you out. So I came up with this like resources bundle to help you get leads. Cause if you're, if anybody who's listening is a business owner, if you're struggling to get clients you probably don't have an amazing lead pipeline. You don't have people lining up at your door, right? And that's what you want. If you want to get filled to capacity and get clients, you need to have a line of people outside your door that you can open the door and be like, okay, you're next. Here you go. Take the slot. So I create this little bundle that it's not just a bundle, but I incorporated a, a, like a community with it. And it gives you 
a calendar called the 30 Days 30 Leads Calendar with an action every single day to generate good leads. And I'm so excited about this because I just finished creating it because I was selling it on pre-sales. I hadn't created it yet and I just finished it today and I want to go through it, right? So in January, I'm going to guide everybody who's in the group through getting these strong leads so we can see how we all do, right? How many leads were we managed, did we manage to create? So I wanted to kind of like tell everybody if they're looking for that kind of support, we're going to be doing some, something really exciting with that challenge in January. So um, all you have to do is go to 30days30leads.com uh, and, you know, sign up there. It's only $30 for the bundle, but it gets you access into this membership group for a couple of months so we can get this done. Um, and I'm just super excited about it because it's like, this is what it takes if you want to get clients, you got to get your leads. So this is what you do to get leads. I can't wait to go through it myself. I am so excited about this. So um, in order to support me, actually, this is more like, I would love to see if there's any way that I can also help you guys out in a way that we can also meet. And, you know, I get to know you, I get to know your business. And that that helps me to keep that personal connection uh, with people that I get in my sphere. So, uh, so yeah, 30 days, 30 leads.com. And I'll be waiting for you on the other side. Well, that's very exciting because I'm doing that as well. I'm really um, pumped for that um, process. That'd be awesome. And I love yeah. how... Like you said, how can we get together? And often in this space it can get quite, you know, or feel quite cheesy or quite salesy, but with you you actually care about people and you actually want to know <laughs> what's going on for them, where, you know, where their website is, where their online presence is, like you look at it really holistically um, and then want to go, well, these are the ways that I could possibly help you and is it the right time for you? It may not be and that's okay, um, but I'm here, come into my free community, that kind of stuff. But a 30-day 30 leads is a great opportunity for people to get into that space and get to know you and to work yeah. with you as well. Yeah, and that's something that I have really liked about getting to know getting to know you, getting to know other people in the group is getting to ask you guys these questions. Like, okay, where are you and how can I help you right now? Um, it, it has been just like, it's like the joy of my life to give people light bulb moments, right? Things that they've been trying to do for the past year and like it's not working and then we sit down and all of a sudden it's like, What? Like, how, how did we just do this in 10 minutes when I've been trying to do it for a whole year? I love helping people with that, what, what I consider to be my zone of genius, which is to get them real clarity in what they want to do and get them to present that in a way that people are going to understand it and want to work with them. It's just what I love doing and talking about all day long. So I'm so excited to do this because I know you're in there and I'm so excited to do this. I, I can't tell you how freaking excited I am <laughs> Do this because I'm going to be walking through that challenge myself and I want to see and I want to measure it and I want to see how effective it is. And like, and it for 30 bucks, it's like, what have you got to lose? It's yeah. going to be amazing. Yeah, it'll be awesome. So tell us, how can people get in contact with you then? Besides sure, the 30 so Days 30 Leads, what's the, what's the other options? 30 Days 30 Leads. Um, but I would love it if anybody's listening on their podcasting app right now, you can just go and search for the global phenomenon that's my podcast go there and subscribe because what we do is every monday i interview basically my heroes the people that i want to talk to the online coaches who have really made it far i got pat flynn in there i got lauren elizlove coming up next year i have mel far i have vicky gold um rachel miller from mula marketer i have john
Lee Dumas in there. He was episode one. So I get amazing people that I've always wanted to interview um, in there. That's on Mondays. And then on Thursdays, I come and I teach about what that person is doing right in their business so that you can start doing it yourself. And I answer questions from the audience. So if you ever want me to answer your question. I love getting questions for the podcast. So if you're on your browser right now, you would go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com and you can enter questions there and I will answer them on the air. But yeah, go subscribe to the podcast because if you are in this online coaching space, you're going to love what you hear. Yeah, it's an awesome podcast. So I'd encourage everybody to go and do that. Even from not just a um, business perspective, but even from a personal perspective, because you actually talk about the personal journey as well. Like person, like there's lots of business steps that they take, but there's a lot of mindset stuff that they have to work through as well. Oh my God. I had, I interviewed um, my own speaking coach uh, today and her story, I had no idea she had gone through this. Um, her interview is actually going to go out in a couple of weeks. Her name is Karen Donaldson. And yeah, I like to hear people's story because not everybody starts out, like wakes up one day and decides, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, right? We all start thinking like, I'm going to have a traditional life. I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a job and then I'm going to retire. Like Everybody starts out that way. So I care about that pivotal moment. Like, when did you decide to do this and why? Why would you ever do this if having a job is so cushy and so nice and so secure and so safe? Like, why would you ever do this? And her story was incredible. She told me that she, uh, in high school, she was an athlete and she went to the principal's office because she got called in. She thought she was in trouble, even though she was like an A student. And there's her coach from track. She used to do track and field and with a letter in his hand. And she had just gotten a full scholarship to an American university. She was in Canada. And she went running. Or She said, you know, she was friends with everybody in high school. And she ran around with that letter like, oh, my God, like my life is made. This is what everybody strives to. Nobody ever gets a full scholarship to an American college. Like, that is insane. This is crazy. A couple months later, she finds out she's pregnant. Everything screeched to a halt. Yeah. So she tells us that whole story. And I was like in tears listening to her and how she turned, uh, you know, what, like she got shunned by her classmates. Uh, You know, like life was not easy. She explains everything that she went through and how she has turned her life into a completely successful story. Um, And I I really wish for everybody to listen to that. That's That's an interview that's coming out. Uh, it's episode 27. So it's coming out the last week of the year. So a couple of weeks from now. Um, but yeah, it's, I love hearing these stories of how people like went from traditional to non-traditional and hers was particularly like riveting. And I, I would encourage everybody to listen to these stories. Mm, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been amazing. Um, I always love spending time with you and I love what you're doing in the world. And it's been my honor to be part of your community um, just just in the last six to seven months. Like it hasn't been long, but we've built a beautiful friendship and I'm honored that you, you know, that I get to work with you. So thank you so much. Has it really been just like a few months? I feel like I've known you forever. Like yeah. seriously, forever. Um, no, you know that it it has been my honor to watch you because um, I, I work with a lot of people who kind of take in what they can and they implement what they can. You were a machine. Like if anybody who's listening, you guys got to understand that Susan is one dedicated person who loves her audience, who loves what she does. And uh, when you created your podcast, like normally I... 
I always tell people, I'm not going to be the person to stop you from doing something. If you're getting a spark of inspiration, you're never going to hear from me. You're not ready. I'm never going to be that person. But I, I do often think like, are you sure not, you're not biting more than you can chew? I never say it out loud, but I, I guide people. I go like, you know, are you sure? When you created this podcast, I was not only like amazed, I was in awe of you, of everything that you can do when you put your mind to it. I was so impressed. Like I wanted to follow in your footsteps. Like I, I, I was, I, everybody who's listening, you guys got to understand that Susan is an extremely special person and you're all in the right place listening to her. I was seriously inspired by your grit, by not letting anything stop you and everything you were able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. I am so honored is the least I can say for having been a part of your journey anyway. So thank you for letting me help you and for having me here. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Aina. That's very kind of you. Um, Very kind words and have touched my heart. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on my Holistic Health Podcast. It's been great to have you and I have a few small favours to ask so we can spread the word about this podcast further and encourage others to dive into their health journeys. Firstly, head over to susanscollin.com and tell us what resonated with you. Secondly, subscribe and leave a five-star review. The next thing I'd really love you to do is to share this episode with someone you love and head over to my private Facebook group, Holistic Health with Susan Scollin, and continue to up-level your own health and wellness. Thank you so much for being here.